beginning, would you stand and sing with us? I have unanswered prayers I have trouble I wish wasn't there And I have asked a thousand ways Take my pain away That you would take my pain away I'm trying to understand How to walk this weary land Straight the past, the crooked lie. Oh Lord, before these feet of mine. Oh Lord, before these feet of mine. When my world is shaking, heaven stands. When my heart is breaking, I never leave your hands. I know you hate to see me cry One day you will set all things right One day you will set all things right When my world is shaking Heaven stands When my heart is breaking I never leave your hands Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for another wonderful opportunity to come together to worship you. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today so that we can focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. I want to show you a couple things uh, before we get started. Um, we're trying to frame everything we do in our five practices of fruitful congregations. Regardless of your size, if you're doing these five things, you're getting it right and you're showing people uh, what the love of God could be. So I'm going to have uh, Andrew bring us out and show us two websites. We've launched a new website this week. It's memorialgreer.com. Very simple. And all of our emails are tied to this website, first name at memorialgreer.com. And depending on how wide your screen is, you'll see a different layout on the website. 
If you look, click on the three uh, lines in the top right corner, Andrew, click right there, you'll see five practices in the CEP program. The five practices are radical hospitality, passionate worship, intentional faith development, risk-taking mission and service, extravagant generosity. Our entire church's structure is framed in those things. The number one and number two things that people go to our website is to find out uh, the worship video. So if you click on passionate worship, the videos now can be found in their specific page of the um, service. So you'll see 9 a.m. contemporary and 11 a.m. traditional. And you'll see the video for that specific service there. You'll also see audio that you can listen to the service there. Um, so everything else that you see is framed uh, in those five categories. You click to the right on, now we have another website, which is sundayscripturepodcast.com. It's the simplest website possible. To make it easy for you to listen, you just go to that, you click on listen now, and it will take you to a page that starts playing it, period. It's 15 minutes. It's um, Kristen Dollar, who's at Faith United Methodist, and Brad Gray, who's at St. Andrews United Methodist in Charleston. We talk for 15 minutes about the scripture that's coming and the themes that are coming on Sunday. So you either come in here a little bit uh, uh, informed, or if you miss a Sunday, you've got the podcast to listen to to make sure you get that. Um, so make sure you check out both of our websites, and also let us know if we've missed something. We've looked at them too much, honestly, and there may be a blind spot, and so if there's something that doesn't work or something that doesn't make sense, just let us know. We'll make sure we do that. Um, if you would like to share a prayer concern uh, with our um, Tuesday prayer group, if you'll raise your hand and we'll bring a note card to you, and um, we will share that concern with them uh, to pray on Tuesday morning. Um, we have one so far to pray for the victims and families of last night's terror attacks in New York, New Jersey, and Minnesota. Um, I want you to be aware of um, a funeral that we have on Tuesday for Jack Four. Um, we lost him on Saturday. That service is going to be at 3 p.m. in the sanctuary with a visitation to follow in the social hall. So um, Jack's service will be at 3 p.m. on Tuesday in the sanctuary. And if you are a CEP parent or no CEP parents, if you let them know that pickups going to be a little crazy on Tuesday, you want to make sure that you adjust and potentially use parking over there. Um, confirmation. Uh, we're going to start talking about that now for January. We have, uh, on October 23rd, we're going to have a meeting at 10 a.m., and on November 6th, we're going to have a meeting on Sunday night programming. So if you have a sixth grader or someone above sixth grade that has not participated, make sure that you let me know so that I get that right. Um, we've been given to Epworth Children's Home uh, last week, and we'll give, uh, for the next couple of weeks, Epworth gets most of their budget from donations from churches. And if you go, uh, actually, if you go to Extravagant Generosity on the website, you can choose and give online. It's very easy to give one-time gift or recurring gift. Daniel and Paige. Daniel has two more weeks uh, with us. He has dedicated um, a ton to us with the youth and with this service. And so he's playing, as I understand, you want to play the drums the last two weeks that you're here? I like it. Uh, so Daniel's going to play the drums in these last two services. Make sure you get him and uh, talk to him and um, congratulate them on uh, engagement. Daniel's got a great new job in Florida. And um, Paige will be with us um, on October 23rd, um, we're going to celebrate Paige's service uh, with our church. On the 16th is Bishop Williman, and the 23rd we're going to celebrate Paige, and on the 30th is something crazy, charge conference. Um, so October is going to be um, fun and crazy. Um, number of things going on. 
Make sure you go to our website and you can get all that information I just gave you reinforced. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for gathering us in the midst of a busy week. And as many of those things swirl around us and draw our attention, and as a thing in, the pocket, in our pocket or in our purse or in a book bag buzzes with some sort of information that we figure is just critical at this moment, we ask that you help us to set those apart. That you give us this time to sing together, to pray together, to learn together from your text. Inspire us and teach us, Lord, with the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue in our series after taking a break last week uh, with Reverend Lee in our discussion of fear of the other. We're in week five discussing fear of the other. It's um, any number of our um, leaders have encouraged us to be afraid and then they manipulate that fear in order to get us to do something. We sometimes use fear as a manipulator. We sometimes uh, let fear take over and uh, paralyze us. And so I thought it'd be a, an important season, an important time to talk about fear. And so we're using Bishop Will Willimon's book, Fear of the Other. And our text today is Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So this book is uh, written by Solomon. Solomon was getting a very important opportunity, and it's our first uh, major point. When he could have had anything, he was given the opportunity in 2 Chronicles 1. This won't be on your screen if you listen to it. Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. So, tremendous wealth. Absolute power. Crushing his enemies or the death of his enemies. These are popular options for all kinds of leaders. Even in the Bible, these are popular options. Given that amazing opportunity, I want you all to think of a very small thing that happens quite frequently. When one of you says to the other one of you, where do you want to go to eat? What do you all say to each other? Oh, my where do you want to go? Well, I want chicken. I don't want chicken. I just know, I know what I don't want. And what I don't want is the thing that you're about to say. Or the thing that you've uh, said so many times. Imagine that scenario with the implications of this decision. Of God offering 
Ask me for anything that you want, and I will grant it to you. And you're looking at the other one, you're going, well, you pick. And it's like, well, I was thinking, no, not that, not that. It'd be tough to try to figure out what in the world you would want given that opportunity. And Solomon chose wisdom. Now, to be fair, he was in a palace, and he had a number of things set up. It was from his father, King David. But, you know, a person in that uh, elevated seat, in that elevated place with that amazing opportunity, have y'all seen some young people make some bad choices in that uh, 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 swirling environment of I've had, I have a lot of influence and money and I can do whatever I want? He said, give me wisdom so I can understand. The second thing I want to point out is the order that's in the text. For gaining wisdom, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction. That's three different ways to say, I need to know a little bit more. And then the fourth one is for doing what is right. Now, if I listed 25, 30 scenarios in life, from all different parts of life of what to do at the grocery store, what to do at an intersection, what to do when someone's ill, what to do in an office meeting that's going too long, what to do, whatever it may be. I wonder how many out of 30 you could guess and figure, I know what the right thing to do is. I wonder how many instances you would say, you would actually verbalize. Well, you know what they ought to do. You know what they should have done. We can very quickly think what the right thing to do was. Overwhelmingly, yesterday, I'm sure there were people watching the television saying, I don't know why you threw it that way when you could have run that way. Right? Can you imagine how many hours they've put in to whether they should throw it that way or run it that way? We're we're watching on TV from a couch. But we, in our heart, know whether this should be this way or that way. I'm sure there's things all over the church. And there's things when I I do it myself. Uh, Annual conference is coming to Greenville next year. Annual conference has never been in the city of which I'm appointed. So this is a gathering of every United Methodist church uh, leadership and minister in the state. I've always traveled to it and just been the beneficiary of a thousand people volunteering around a bunch of different corners. And now it's coming to my town. And they're saying, you know what, when it comes to your town, I really think we ought to elevate it. We ought to have a bike race on the Swamp Rabbit Trail. We might ought to have a basketball tournament. We might ought to have a uh, build a couple habitat houses. What do you think I'm saying when it's coming to my town? Hold up, hold up, hold up. That's crazy. How much do you think they've thought about it? How much do you think I've thought about it? Let me give you some numbers. I, I think we've got them on the screen. Got any math majors on top of your head? 55 times 49 times 16.3. Anybody got any guesses? Over or under 41,000? You going to say over? Let's look at the number. 43,928.5. That is a rough estimate given 100 hours one way or the other of how many hours I've been in ministry. It's about 55 hours a week, about 49 weeks a year for 16.3 years. Actually, we can up that number because I've been here for two hours. <laughs> so we're at 43,930.5. How authoritative do you think I feel? 
mildly. Malcolm Gladwell, is it, was it 10,000 or 20,000? I think he said 10,000. After 10,000 hours, you can be an expert in a subject. I've got more than 40, but I'm still struggling with some very important things. Let's, let me give you three different scripture passages from Proverbs. Proverbs 15.1 A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. How do y'all do with that one? You're feeling whatever you're feeling. It's turning the way it's turning. And you go, you know what would feel great. You know what the right thing to do is. It's to lay into this fool and let him know what the deal is. <laughs> right? How often does that work out? Hmm. You may be right. You may be a percentage right. You're probably not fully right. And doing that doesn't help. Let's look at the next one. Proverbs 17.1 Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. You know what that's saying? Keep it simple. Keep every single thing as simple as can be if you're going over the top in every way. You might have some nice things. You might have some nice food. You might have some nice clothes, whatever. But you're going to be grumpy. Everybody's going to be grumpy. Let's look at 19.3. A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. That is whew, legit. Think how many times, if you go back and read the Psalms, you say, and the person says to God, Hello, I'm over here. There's people coming for me. And they're going to hurt me. And when they hurt me, guess what? Everybody around them is going to say, The God that's protecting you is pretty meaningless. Knows nothing. Does nothing. I need you to do something. How many times do you think the author of that text put themselves in the position that they're in of which they're crying out to God? <sighs> A fair number. So, uh, <laughs> especially in the last four years before I was here, I was um, kind of like the chief of staff of staff at Buncombe Street, and there was all lots of full-time people, lots of conflicts over space, Lots of, I was hoping we could do this, I was hoping we could do this, or whatever it may be. And everybody thought, I had the right idea, I know what I'm doing, and I have God behind me. What can we learn from these three texts? A ton. We can learn a ton from these three texts. Gentleness, simplicity, stay out of your own way is an excellent start. This is the actual verse that Bishop Williman quoted in his book in chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So here's your first bullet, the smart ones. Those guys that figured that they were the smartest ones in the room throughout Jesus' ministry had trouble with three major topics, if not more. Don't heal on the Sabbath. Don't do anything on the Sabbath. Don't ask that person over there to join you because they can't be part of our group, period. Don't claim that you're the son. Don't do it. You know how we know that you can't do those things? Because we've studied the text enough to be experts. We don't have to bother with this. We know what the right thing. They're the smart ones. Major conflicts, major barriers they put up in front of Jesus. 
So here's your quote of the day from Bishop Willman. Our problem in regard to fear is that we fear the other more than we fear the God who commands love each other. So there's any number of reasons that we fear the other. There's any number of reasons that we ignore the other. There's any number of reasons that we push the other out. We think our priority matters. We figure we might be the smartest in the room. We figure they're going to be too much trouble. They don't even know what they're doing. They haven't even been here very long. They haven't paid attention. They haven't read anything. They don't understand. But that verse 7 really captures it. The fear of the Lord. So here's your second point. Before you begin, you must fear the Lord. Fear is a powerful motivator with troubling implications. And of course, there's drastically different definitions of fear that we're using in this text. There were plenty of people um, at the Citadel when a freshman would walk in the door who would scream at them from August 13th to May 13th. They just screamed at them that entire time and figured that was the thing to frighten them. And I'm not saying I didn't want to frighten them. I just thought, they're screaming at them all the time. I'm just going to, when they're doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, or they're not picking up a friend when they're supposed to be picking up the friend, or they're not giving up max effort, I'm not going to come to their face and scream at them. That's going to come up behind them. What are you doing? Do you scare someone? It can motivate them quickly, but in the very short term. Imagine if all I did was scare you with Scripture, how long your motivation would be to keep going. And forget the logistical part or the, um, uh, your ability to hang in there part. I don't think it's theologically accurate. Does motivate you or motivate myself with fear in a frightening way. What he's saying is respect. Love. Stand back from. And try to understand. Try to perceive what it is. Then try to do something. Before you begin, you must fear the Lord. And that different definition of fear that we have is Embrace the prevenient grace that went before you. God loved me before I did a thing and set up this entire universe before I ever did a thing. As many hours as I put in, as much as I understand, as much as I've done, is the tiniest speck. And if we fear the Lord more than we fear someone else, and let's use both definitions. If we respect the Lord more than we fear that someone else could harm us, more than we fear that we'll say something stupid to Him, more than we fear that we're going to say, hey, welcome to Memorial. Is this your first Sunday? No, I've been here for 25 years. All right, I'm never going to greet anybody ever again. I'm out of here. Right? Pro tip there is to say, good to see you today. Period. To stand it right there. If we respect the Lord more than we fear how someone else can harm us in some way, shape, or form, then we can do the will of God. So I have a um, devotion app on my phone that gives me um, uh, morning, noontime, and evening. I bat about uh, 
2.50 in the morning and zero at lunch and zero in the evening. Um, but I happened to look at it this morning. I do a better job on Sundays because my stomach's in a knot and I want to quit. And I looked at it and it was something powerful for this day. And this, this is not on the screen. I want you to listen. Teresa of Avila, a 16th century Spanish mystic, wrote, Christ has no body now on earth but yours. No hands but yours. No feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion is to look out to the world. Yours are the feet with which He has to go about doing good. Yours are the hand with which God is to bless people now. Does that sit you back a little bit? It's in your hands and in your feet and in your words and in your thoughts. If that doesn't humble you, and then you think, wait now, that's too much. I don't know anything about that. Please don't make me do anything about that. Let's start with verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Lord, help me respect you. Help me love you. Help me do three things. Help me offer gentleness, simplicity, and help me stay out of my own way that I can be your hands and feet. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for your patience. When we figure out a little thing and think we're all knowing. When we lash out. When we don't want to talk to someone because we fear we might say something stupid. When we don't reach out to someone we see that's in pain because we don't know if we can fix it. We know we can't fix it. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your inspiration. And how your son came directly here, regardless of the fear that he felt of human destruction that was coming for him, as he patiently offered simple wisdom. We thank you for your example beyond those who thought that they were the smartest in the room. Help us, Lord to be patient with ourselves and to offer your message. As we leave this campus today and we have so many opportunities throughout this week, help us recognize the simple ways that we can reach out to others. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. Please be seated. It's now time for our um, tithes and other offerings.
I'll remind you that if you go to the brand new website and go to Extravagant Generosity, you'll see a link to give online uh, one time or recurring.
Would you stand and sing with us, please? i 
I like y'all's Swiss Army knifeness that y'all can switch around in the different spots and sing the different parts. Jack Four's memorial service will be on Tuesday at 3 p.m. in the sanctuary with a visitation to follow in the social hall. Please look at our website and help us fix it. I tell you what I'm going to do on the website, I can tell you now, is put a prayer tab on there where you can do that anytime that you want to. And that will go to the prayer group as well. I want to thank Adam uh, Wycliffe for everything that he did behind the scenes on that for us and Aaron uh, for helping us build it. Um, keep it simple. Speak gently. Fear the Lord. And love your neighbor. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.